Sahanavavatu Sahanavunaktu Sahaviryam Karavavahai Tejasvinavati Tamastamavid Vishavahai Om Shanti 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 So we're on chapter 5 about action How we have to act in the world to survive. Stop acting, it's same as death, they say. Is there any questions from any previous classes or so a question, why 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 do we have to why is these uh, why do we have to study this subject? Why why would we to, why do we have to study this subject? What's the reason for studying this subject? Because we don't know. We don't know? How to act. Purpose of life? We don't know the, pur we don't know the purpose of life. What is wh why are we here? What's the purpose? The fact that we're born as a human. We're not born as an animal. Or a plant. Or so then what is our role here? We're at the, high, at the top of the food chain. What's the, what's, what's the reason for it? This is why the subject teaches us that. What our purpose in life is. What is our purpose in life? We are ignorance. But we need to know that we're in ignorance before we can remove it. Yeah. See, most of us don't understand that we're in ignorance. You know, it's 99 people on the street they would say, yeah, um, what, what ignorance are you talking about? You're right. Remove our ignorance. It's to teach us the high values of life, then, isn't it? High values of life. Clarity, because you've been born into this world and really just been going with the flow to a certain degree without question without knowing where you're going, you just crowd to a Yeah. We've accepted whatever we have. We try to better ourselves in in certain ways. But that's about it, isn't it, really? Yeah. We don't really know the purpose of life. So we're learning what that is. So what is the purpose? Sittle said remove ignorance. To, 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 to remove ignorance for what? So remove ignorance for what? Huh? To find out who you are. So are we saying that you're not what you are then? To find out who you are. You're so saying that, that's why we're here. <laughs> I'm not, the scriptures are saying it. <laughs> These great sages are saying it. <laughs> yeah. So you. God, the God principle. God principle. So you believe that you aren't who you think you are then? And you're not. Well, that's what. <laughs> but do you believe that then? So you're saying, okay you're finding out who you really are, the God principle, then are you be do you believe that then? That's the question. Well, you do as your knowledge is growing, you, you 
question things. And yeah. You could reflect on a lot of actions, as you said, you, you question your actions a lot. Mm -hmm. But question, you're saying you question your action in what in what sense? I mean, because you weren't successful in something, or in general, in general, in general. when you um, when you react to people, you can't stop if I react or try and stop. Okay. Unless they push two buttons in one go, then it's different. Yeah, that's your tolerance level then. So it's really removing your or defeating your desire. It's removing your agitation. Yeah. So the, everything you've, you've, everyone you've said is all right, but ultimately, we do all these things to 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 get where, as Raj said, to find out who we really are. So therefore, we then have to believe that we aren't who we think we are. We have to question who we are in the first place to be able to think of who we really are. Then, isn't it? You're not Ravi Patel, then, are you? You question, but that's what the knowledge is allowing you to question. Yeah. Yeah. Break those layers, or yeah. what you've been taught up until now, is to start with them. As you said, we, we've done a lot, especially with our bringing up, is not to question. Mm, absolutely. So, so now, trying to question is your first, before, even before you go to your elders, you've got to find that questioning within yourself. Yeah. <laughs> because you've got to say, you know, if I question it, am I going against something? Definitely. Questioning is what will remove your ignorance. If you don't question, then you'll stay in ignorance. So even the sages, when they were in the Himalayas, meditating, they're actually going within and questioning. What is this life? Who am I? What is my purpose? They're questioning and looking for the answers within. Once they've studied under a guru or swami who knows the answers, then they go and meditate to go deeper. But everyone has to learn and question and there has to be a teacher to teach you these facts of life. Because the Upanishad, the Gita, that's all written to give you the answers. But we're not in a position to read and understand it. Because we're so we're not we're not attuned to it. So ultimately we are accepting the fact that we are not who we think we are. We are not this personality. As Raj said, we are the God principle, the self. And what is these scriptures teaching us about the world? Why do we have to find out who we are? What is this world? Maya. Maya. What is word, this word Maya? What does it mean? Illusion. Illusion. So we're not who we think we are and we're living in Maya, which is an illusion. <laughs> huh? Anita? Dream huh? We're constantly in a dream state. You see, I'm just bringing this up, it's not <laughs> just something to think about of, you know, just to take a step back to have a look at where we are. All the scriptures said, get out of this Maya, get out of this illusion. You're not who you think you are, and you're caught up in this Maya. So the, this knowledge helps you to find out who you are, and then to be able to get out of this Maya. And what connects you to the Maya? What keeps you in the Maya? 
Attachment. Attachment which leads to desires. Isn't it? So desires that are keeping you attached to this Maya. So we all understand that the dream is an illusion, don't we? We're very fortunate that we can compare to the dream state which we all go through, all of us go through. That's why it's very, um, for, us, for us to understand these concepts is so, the, the fact that we have a dream state is so easy to help us understand. When we wake up, we understand that we were in an illusion. We were in a dream, correct? Only when you wake up, we understand. So therefore, when you wake up, they're saying this is also an illusion, but it's just more real. That's the difference. It's just much more real. That's why it's more difficult to get out of it. That's why we need to, um, this knowledge to help us. And then we put the effort in. Not that, not that. This isn't going to take me to the goal. So that's why we come to now this topic, action. So the action we're talking about, see this whole book, what it's teaching you is all the different aspects of your life, how to deal with that to get out of this illusion. In all different perspectives. If I just say, you're not who you are, this is an illusion, get out. You can't do it. For a minute you may think, oh, okay. That's about it. How do we get out? That's where all this knowledge comes into it. And the knowledge helps you to dilute your vastness, your desires, and then ultimately take you to that state. That's our goal. Make sense? So this is what the effort is and this is what we're trying to understand. Any questions? Don't tell me, ask me how long will it take? So I don't know the answer, it depends on your, how much desires you have and how much effort you put in. But this is the ultimate goal, all the scriptures are telling us the same thing. Doesn't matter which religion, they're all telling us the same thing. So one of the ways of getting out of this illusion is action. You have to act. And you have to act in the right way. And the reason you have to act in the right way is that you don't create new desires while you're acting. You see, we're trying to reduce our desires. So if we act in the right way as instructed by us in the Gita, as Krishna instructs us, if you act in the right way, then you don't create new desires. If you act in the wrong way, then you're creating more desires. So you're, you're not moving, you're not moving forward. So that's why we need to learn how to act properly. Yeah? So how do we act? How do we act properly? Any ideas? From last class, we touched upon it. How do we act properly? Unselfishly. Unselfishly, okay, yeah. That's what I mean. 
Remove the ego. Me is the ego. Remove the ego out of the equation when you're acting. Also, there's one other aspect of action we talked about. Just acting the spirit of service, sacrifice. Renunciation. Renunciation. What does that mean? Renunciation. Give up the ego while you're working. Take a higher aspect, a higher ideal, which is unselfish. For example, I want to reach the state of self-realization. My actions should all take me there. That is a that is the highest ideal that you can think of. Or I, I want to act for my family to have give them a better life, take them out of poverty. I want to act for my community, for my country, for all humanity. These are all higher ideals away from your own selfish ideals. I want to make more money. I want a bigger house. So it's, that's the difference. Yeah, subsequently, you may get all those things. But your mind is set on something higher. That way, you're not increasing your fervor desires. So action is inevitable. You have to act, the fact that you're born. This is just a quick recap. You should continue to perform action throughout your life. Never stop or retire from action. Action is prompted by desire. The body acts directed by either the mind or the intellect. Without action, there would be no life. If you want to succeed in life, be prosperous and peaceful, you've got to keep acting. We are all born with vasanas, therefore action is inevit inevitable. Why are all different? Why are all humans different in their nature? Different upbringing. Vasanas. Everyone acts based on their vasanas, their inherent nature. It's like a DNA of your nature. Vasana is like a DNA of your nature. That's why every human is different. As we said, twins can be born to one parents, but they can be completely different different vastness. According to the scriptures, the ideal way to work is when the mind is set on a higher ideal, beyond one's own selfish interest, without the egoistic notion of I am the doer. This is the spirit of renunciation one must practice. You will gain triumph and wealth while remaining peaceful if one acts in this way. We already said what the ego was. Renunciation is no interest in value of transaction. Person who develops renunciation is automatically objective with whatever he does. He just works for work's sake with his mind on a higher ideal, not worried about results. And the highest ideal one can aspire to is, we just said, the realization of the self, Atman, God. The best way to act is to understand your obligations and your goal in life, which is to reduce your desires so as to stop this birth-death cycle. As we create more vasanas, when you when you pass, you're born again because you've got too many vasanas. 
you have to take a new new birth to exhaust them. Whatever knowledge we gain, we have to put it into action. Don't worry about the result of the action. Why shouldn't we result, worry about the result? Krishna told Arjuna, just fight. Don't worry about the war. Just fight the best you can. The result will be automatically. Right? Focus on the right effort, the result will come. Exactly. If you're worried about the result, you can't put the right effort in. If you can't put the right 100% effort in because you're mentally thinking of the result, then, you, then the chances are that the results won't be 100%. If you just do your job, the results will come automatically. Focus on the work in hand. When you worry about the result, you can't concentrate on the action itself. You can't put in 100%. Agitates your mind if you worry about the results. Will it work? Will I win? So don't. So therefore, don't let the anxiety for enjoying the fruit. Fruit is a result. It's the the course of your action. So this is the right way of acting. Will the cake come out nice or not? If you worry about that, you can't. You can't concentrate on the ingredients, and the weight, the temperature of the oven, because your mind is somewhere else. You see how that can work. Does everyone understand this concept? Yeah, it works really well with the cakes. Though. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Did you put 100% focus on that? There you go. There you go. That's, so there are the results. That's the results and everyone is saying what a wonderful cake it was. <laughs> this is how it works. Perfect action is when your focus is not on the result, just working with the right spirit, not worried about what you get out of it. Work for work's sake, then work becomes a pleasure. As soon as you attach a selfish motive, it becomes a burden. Just do what you're supposed to do. What matters is the ability to adopt action to your obligation. So whatever your role in life is, you have to do that. Just do what you ought to do in life. Why Why? Why are they saying just do what you ought to do in life? They're not overcomplicating things. Makes it simpler. Fulfilling what? That's it, exactly. If you just do your obligation, then whatever vasanas and desires you have are for that, you're exhausting that. If you just do whatever you're supposed to be doing. When you don't, then you're creating more desires. You're an engineer, just do engineering. You're a housewife, just be a housewife. You're a businessman, just be a businessman then because those are the vasanas you have so if you're doing that then you're exhausting those that's why they say just do what you ought to do that's the best thing you can do your obligation to <coughs> adopt action to your obligation so these obligations may change over time this, this knowledge helps you to understand what are my obligations 
Just do that. Just on Make sense? That comes through understanding and knowledge. What is my role? What are my tendencies? So you can start thinking, what are my tendencies? I want to be a carpenter. I don't even know how to, what a piece of wood looks like. How are you going to be a carpenter? Then that's not your tendency. Mind will say, do this. Someone says, oh, I learned this trade. I'm making a lot of money. Okay, I think I should do that. But you don't have those tendencies. <laughs> so work out what your obligations are. You'll know. You, you know if it's against your nature. What is my nature? How many people ask that question? What is my nature? Nobody. You have to have this understanding to even question that. What is my nature? So do what you ought to do. Very, very important that is. Don't complicate it, as I always said. Keep it simple. I'm a teacher, let me teach. Then you're exhausting whatever vastness you have. Make sense? You're not creating new ones. And you're successful and happy because those are your vasanas. Therefore, it's going to help you to achieve what you want to achieve because you're going by your nature. If you're good at something, your nature is that way inclined, then you're going to be successful as well. And you're reducing your vasanas. A win-win situation. If you don't do it, if you don't recognize your nature and do what you ought to do, then yes. No, but even if you recognize your nature and do what you ought to do, you can still create more desires from what you're doing. If you act in the spirit of renunciation, meaning I'm doing this for my children, I'm teaching my kids, I want the school to be number one, the best school, you're working towards that. You're not creating your own vasanas, you're not increasing your own desires. It's for something higher. It's a noble desire. We're worried about our own personal desires. That was basically uh, what we covered last time. I only covered it because it's a bit hard to get your head around it. So, the new um, we're starting is it starts with um, people do not realize the beauty and grandeur of real work. The paragraph, yeah? It's under value of action. Fourth paragraph, people do not One does not understand the splendor of real work. 
You require worldly incentive to work. This way you develop desires to the objects you want and long for the fruit of the action. By doing this, you create and chase further self-forced tasks and get shackled by them. The result of this is suffering in one's life instead of freedom and joy. You should shed your selfish desires and submit to the plan of nature. You should work without attachment and craving. This is the principle of renunciation. When you work in the spirit of renunciation, work becomes prayer. And wealth and prosperity is one's reward. This is the law. What's that saying? Anyone? This is what we just discussed, isn't it? Your work turns into prayer because you're removing your desires, you're thinking of a higher goal. If you work in this spirit. See the Christian prayer says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thine will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But we change it to mine will be done. <laughs> this is the difference. So, if you say thine will be done, means you have this attitude where you work for work's sake. With the right attitude of service, with the spirit of renunciation. And in the result, the world caters to all your requirements. That's the difference. That's what that prayer means. Thine will be done. I mean, I'll do everything to get to you for your service, not my service. It's just a change in attitude. You can still carry on doing whatever you're doing. You don't have to change whatever you're doing. But mentally, you're, that craving is no longer there. In fact, it may make you more successful with the right attitude. But you feel more happier. There's no attachment, no craving, and you're not increasing your desires. Yeah, much, much happier. Well, caters to all your requirements if you do this. We all, also, it helps us to detach mentally from everything. We're just doing what we're supposed to do. working for a higher goal. Whatever you're doing, you're happy. You know it's like a prayer, whatever work you're doing. You're, you're cooking, it's a prayer. You're cleaning, it's a prayer. See, so you're cleaning and you're angry. This isn't done properly, I have to do this properly. It affects how clean the place becomes. Ravi, I understand your sentiments. Messy people, their high desires should be less clean. Man, we need to work together. Prayer, turn it into prayer. Even work. We all need to. We all Skype together. Our prayers higher than your prayer. 
One creates one's own duty and responsibilities. One should be a master over his duties and not become a slave to them. You should remember the world will go on regardless of your fulfilling your responsibilities. The world doesn't need you. It doesn't need any of us. We'll carry on. You need to view work objectively as playtime. You'll then enjoy work. It won't be a burden to it, you to to you. Playtime. Go to work. You're happy. You're now thinking of something higher. This is my obligation. I have to work. I can be happy or I can be miserable. It's up to you. World will be what it is. You're there. You're not there. It doesn't matter. While you're there, you may as well be happy. But then, uh, how would you know you've selected the wrong path? Yeah. It's by evaluating your nature, isn't it? Yeah, so people who don't have the knowledge will carry on getting Absolutely. up and disappointed. And Absolutely. Like miserable. miserable yeah. Yeah. They might be better off going out there and stacking shelves, and that might give them more pleasure. This is the, this is the thing. Because they don't have that understanding, people will be, a person will be miserable all his life because of lack of understanding how, how this world functions how you function. This is what we're studying, aren't we? You're, you, as a human being, is contacting this world. The result can be happiness or unhappiness, agitations or no agitations, success, unsuccessful. Yeah. So either you can throw a dice every time you contact it, or you can understand the right way to contact and make sure that the results are what you want. This is what we're, do we're, just, this is what we're talking about. When you contact the world, contact it with this attitude. It will give you peace, happiness, and you're reducing your vastness, your desires, bringing you closer to that God principle. This is what it's saying. Otherwise it becomes a burden. This is what it's saying. Otherwise it becomes a burden. As you said, it's miserable waking up in the morning, if you got this attitude, you're like up half an hour before, you know, I can't, I can't wait to get to work. <laughs> let, me, let me get rid of some more desires today, let's get rid of some more vastness. <laughs> this is the difference, isn't it? Attitude. Work should be looked as how you play sport, then it becomes fun. Take each day as it comes, do what you need to do, whatever the results, don't get affected, as long as you put your 100% in, that's what matters. Tomorrow's another day. The world doesn't need you. How does that make us feel? The world doesn't need us. Puts us in our place, doesn't it? It's going to be there, regardless of you.
If you think you're important, it's just your ego. Nobody cares. Remove that self-importance. You're responsible for your own personal journey. Nobody else. No one else can help you to get to that goal but yourself. You can be married, you can be uh, living in a spiritual house, everyone's spiritual. That doesn't mean that you'll become spiritual. So the attitude is, this is my duty, my responsibility. You set these up. They are all your own doing. Everything you've created yourself. And then you give it self-importance, I have to do this. Who created it? And then we complain, I need to do this and do that. You become a slave to your own self-created duties. The other end is no duty at all. That's not right either. So do your duty in the right spirit. If you do that, work becomes pleasurable. Don't look at it as work, look at it as fun. Could you teach this for a bit, getting to the kids? He's a better person. They don't want to know. <laughs> I'm alright. You take this on board and act in this way, the kids will see the difference in you, then they will say, follow your principles. That's the only way. So you can reach a state of perfection, self-realization, if you perform action in a spirit of detachment. Self-realization is described as a state of actionless in the scriptures. This refers to acting in this spirit of renunciation and not giving up action. You need to act in the world with the mind on the self to transcend this world. So self-realization is describe a state of actionless, but we're saying you got to act. And he's saying actionless, desirelessness. How can that be? See, people give up action altogether. I'm going to for become self-realized. I want to study. I want to get to that state. So it's a state of actionless, so I'm not doing any action now. The thing is not that but people perceive it as that. It's that setting up that higher ideal, that's what it means. Not in getting involved in your action. That's what it means. You can't, you can't give up your duties. So you can't stop acting no matter what your age. There's a video just sent to us from Swamiji of him playing cricket at 92. This was last week, or a couple of weeks ago. The video of him bowling at a cricket field. 
without a cricket club at the Ashram and is bowling at 92. If you perform action, your duties with the mind fixed on the self, the goal of self-realization, you will eventually reach there. Because that's, you set your goal. This is, right now our goal might be, I want to earn this much money or get my kids to have this kind of life or whatever. That is your goal. So eventually you're working towards that. But you set your goal to something higher and work towards that. Eventually you're going to get there. Might take longer, but you will get there. This is what they're saying. Any questions on that? It turns everything upside down, what we think is right. So the next topic is called chronology of action. Some of it was already recovered in the past. But this will help you understand your nature and who you are right now. What's the chronology of action? What is the chronology of action? You've, you've come here, which is the action you've put in to come here. What propelled that? Desire. Hmm? Your desire. Desire. Where, where does it start from? Thought. Before that? Vasana. Chronology action is vasanas, thoughts, desires, action. Remember that. Vasanas, thoughts, desires, action. You cannot act without a vasana, you cannot act without a desire. This will help you to understand how you function. One acts throughout life. Action is the sign of life. Action performed is different for each person depending on one's inherent nature, known as vasanas. Present vasanas are the result of your past action. And current vasanas will produce further actions. This cause and effect relationship is never ending. What does that mean? We'll continue. We'll continue. Until you, Until you do what you ought to do. <laughs> and not worry about anything else. <laughs> you see what it, you see what it, it's, it's sort of talking about what we already discussed. So action is a sign of life. The fact you are born, you have to act. Now how do you act? You act based on your vasanas. Every human being is different because of their different vasanas. You can say their vasanas create the different individual nature that everyone is. Good, bad, selfish, unselfish, devotional, spiritual, all due to the individual vasanas. You said kids should be taught that no vasanas. If they have, it's not manifested yet. That's so bad what he did. Vasanas. Bad vasanas. He's such a good person. Good vasanas. 
you can't help but act based on your vasanas. So what does that say about people? Hmm? They're set. They can't help being bad. That's their vasanas. Hitler doesn't think he was bad, even though he killed six million people. People looked up to him. They say though that people aren't necessarily always bad and people aren't necessarily always good. So, is it that we have certain investments for certain things, or what, what is it? It's relative though, isn't it? Right now you wouldn't want to kill an animal. There are times when you may have to kill an animal. The may is not relatively um, propelled by your desire though. You still wouldn't have a desire to kill that animal when you say that you may have to. Mm -hmm. that, so therefore, What's your question? I'm saying that when you say that uh, there's good and there's bad, I'm saying that good and bad is within all of us depending mm -hmm. on where we are in a scenario base because I might I might I might act in a certain situation and people think man she's bad but inherently I might think I'm not you have asked as such for what for that scenario yeah. situation yeah your vastness is to behave in that particular way in that scenario you don't realize you're being bad you're doing what comes naturally to you. The relatively the other person may think you're bad. Their values are different. But you don't you don't think that you're bad. So if, if only if you look at your actions and think they were bad because this is the result of my action. If you identify with that, then you can say your actions are good or bad, but otherwise you're acting naturally. And you can't go by what other people think. As you said, Hitler killed millions of people. People didn't think he was a bad person. But some people thought he was a terrible person. So it's relative. Society may say this action is bad and this action is good. That's different. And that even those rules are different in different countries. So you have to decide what's good and bad within. And ultimately, you work towards a higher goal, then your actions will then become in the right way, going towards that goal. I want to be an unselfish person, help charities. How can your actions then be bad? The goal is to become unselfish and help. You can only put in good action to do that, isn't it? So you have to set that higher goal. So where do vasanas come from? Your current vasanas, the person you're right now, where does it come from? Your unfulfilled desires. Unfulfilled desires. Yeah. Past. So right now, your vasanas 
It's come from the past. Your past actions in this life and even from the past life. You don't know what action, what vasanas you had in the previous life. That's why as you grow older, your desires change. Those vasanas, you never knew that you had the vasana for so-and-so right now. You didn't have those vasanas 10 years ago. But they were still there. They just hadn't manifested. I want to learn about Vedanta. Ten years ago, if someone said, that, well, that Vasana was on, the Vasana was there, but it hadn't manifested yet. It'll only manifest in the right environment at the right time. So you are a product of your Vasanas, this bundle of Vasanas you are born with in this life, which originates from all your past actions from your past lives. That's who you are right now. And this cycle is never ending. <coughs> this is what they're saying. This, we, this understanding really helps you to work out what am I doing right now. <laughs> we'll find out more as we go along. You're made up of all your past vasanas which manifest as your vasanas nature right now. And the actions you perform at this moment creates the vasanas in the future. So we can say that vasanas is the cause and action is the effect. Correct? Vasana is the cause. You've come here to learn this Sunday morning. Vasanas was the cause and the action, the fact that you came here is the effect. Without that vasana you wouldn't be here. But you can also say your actions now is the cause and vasanas is the effect. Does everyone understand that? Like tree and seed. The seed grows into a tree, another seed falls, another tree grows. Chicken and egg. Chicken lays an egg. Goes into a chicken, lays another egg. It's never ending, isn't it? So, vasana is an action, is never ending. Until you decide to stop it. That's the circle. So what action are you putting in today will create new vasanas tomorrow. Or in the future sometime. So you have to really be careful what you're doing. <laughs> huh? What am I doing? You think of doing something negative, it makes you think, should I do this? In the future it's going to come and bite me. This is how it functions. Creating new vasanas all the time. That's why they're saying, act in your obligatory duties, don't complicate things, higher ideal, then you're not creating new vasanas. You're exhausting whatever you have. You see how it fits in now? Could you say, obviously, you come in with certain vasanas? The vasanas are present anyway. You're born with this bag of vasanas. Yeah, but when you're born, you have no obviously have no control over the body you're born into. No. So you may have the vasana, but the body will not be flawed and safe if you come. And there's a disability. Your vasanas, your desires are there. 
So but the body you've come into won't allow you to fulfill them. So does that mean you then have a longevity of life with that? Frustration. That's why you'd be frustrated. But what what negative actions you may have done in the past to, for you to have that body in the first place? Yeah. That's the effect of your past fastness. You don't know what act you may have done to deserve that. Everything you are is because of your past actions. No one's to blame but yourself. I just can't blame nobody but yourself. This is what they're saying. You guys must have put some good action in for you to be uh, uh, exposed to this subject. Seriously. Because this is what can help you take, go out and get out of it. The cycle. <laughs> Think about it. That's why we say, you know, if you can, if you come across this subject and you take it on, you're very privileged. You might have done, must have done some good actions in your past. This is what they say for you to be able to come across this subject and um, take it on board and apply it in your life. You must have done something good in the past. That's what they say. Does that mean in India, because there's more of it around, people there are more likely to come across it? So you may come across it, there's the Monday in every corner of the high street, but what are their desires? The Monday they're praying maybe for, you know, more money or more this or more that. They're, what are their desires? That doesn't necessarily mean that um, they're more, I mean, India is regarded as a spiritual country. People come from all over the world to find themselves there. So the higher percentage will come across this subject and be able to apply it. Possibly, yeah. Say. In India, how many ashrams there are? You know, um, this knowledge goes back thousands of years, originating from that region. So obviously, definitely, there's a lot more spiritual people there. You go to Rishikesh. Half the people there are white people there, looking, finding themselves. That's it. Even the Beatles. The Beatles became spiritual when when they went to Rishikesh. <laughs> they got they got all the I can't remember which one it is, but they were showing on the documentary, you know, that they did all the paintings there. One of the Beatles, you know, they were there for months. Yeah. Got the whole Hare Krishna. Yeah, that was So. Therefore, if whatever actions you perform now make up your future vasanas, you need to be careful what vasanas you entertain right now. <laughs> and how you act right now. This is why we are learning this subject, so we can develop our intellect. We can control the vasanas at the thought level or at the desire level in the mind. So we're not aware of these things, but now you, once you're, once you're exposed to this and you have this understanding then God be with you if you don't uh, act in the right way because told you how to what you have to do you don't do it then it's your own fault for whatever happens a person who doesn't understand doesn't know you can't blame him but now you know you have to whatever 
desire comes up, you have to put it through the intellect. Is this going to take me to my goal, whatever that goal is? Yes, let's do it. No, eliminate it. Is this going to help? Is this going to create more vastness for me? Am I doing my obligatory duty? You have to start thinking. This is what it means. You put the wrong action, you're going to deal with that consequences. That's what it means. We're all in the same boat. We're all in the same. That's what karma is. Wrong action you put, you have to deal with the effects. Good action, good effects. That's karma. So who's in charge of it? Not someone higher up. So in layman terms, we can say that vasanas are the stuff we are made of. The material we are made of, which produces our nature. You can't define vasanas. You can only recognize it by its manifestation, its nature. We can't understand vasanas. This is the level we can understand vasanas. We can't understand it any further. The whole of Vedanta, this knowledge, is about vasanas and how to get rid of them, to reach that state of enlightenment. Remember, self plus vasanas equals human being. So how do you get there, Arish? How do you get to the self? If self plus vasanas equals human being? Remove the vasanas. So all this knowledge is helping us to remove those desires. Any questions on that? So as we get further in the book, the classes become, takes longer and longer to explain. Because it becomes very subtle. You see, now we're talking about quite subtle subjects, topics, so we, we need more time to understand it. Vasana is the kernel of action. Vasana is unmanifest. Action is the manifestation. So Vasana is dormant. It becomes action. That's his manifestation. The chronology of action is Vasanas produces thought, which produces desire, and desire produces action. Action will happen automatically because of the strong desire. Now before the vastness turn, it comes up as a thought. I like that car. That's a nice car. Then it becomes a desire. The more you, more think, more thoughtful you go towards that object or being, then it becomes a desire. And then it, once it becomes a desire, and you think more about it, it becomes a stronger desire, and before you know it, you have to act on it. There's no way out. It's too late now. That's how it works. I'm sure you, you can all relate to that. Shangri-La's <laughs> nodding, yes. <laughs> this is how it works. 
you think about it next time some thought comes up. Okay, it's come up as a thought. The more I think about it, it becomes a desire. Stronger desire. Come on, we've got to do this now. We have to act. We have to take me here, take me there. Let's do this, let's do that. It's, now it's too late. Your partner's had it. You have to go, you have to do it. There's a process though, isn't there, that everybody living in poverty without the basic, without their basic needs being filled would have a strong desire and that would be accumulatively for everyone in that family to have a better life and to be more, to, to come out of poverty. Mm. So everybody would have that desire. Mm. And it would be a really strong desire. Of course. But that doesn't mean that they, everybody would be able to fulfill it. So? But that would be their primary desire. So therefore, why is it that it's not being met then? If, that, if that's everybody's primary desire to be out of poverty, mm-hmm. why is it that it's not then? Because you're saying that you're born with these vasanas and you have this thought and desire. If you're living in poverty, the thought would be every single minute of your living time to think, I want to get out of this. Therefore, it's the strongest desire that you would have. Why is it that it's not filled then for everybody? Cause and effect, past actions, you don't know what their situation is, why they're in that situation in the first place. And you don't know, they may be happy and content in that situation. Not everyone may. You take someone out of the slum, give them a house, they prefer to live in the slum. So it's not everyone's desire. They're, people get content wherever they are. Everyone wants to better themselves, absolutely. But that doesn't mean they're not happy where they are right now. It's not about happiness, it's about the desire, isn't it? We're talking about desire. But we don't know what their desires are. You're presuming everyone's desires are others. You don't know that. You don't know that. You can't say that, that everyone's desires are that. You don't know what their desires are. I'm saying majority of people. You can't say that either, majority of people. Well, you, you, if you're... We see it that way, you, maybe. From your perspective, you're looking at it that way. Content with what they have already. Except. Well, yeah, but we see it that way. Poor guy, he's living four or five people in a room. He has to go and get water from the tap down. He may be happy meeting his mates there and, you know, all of them living together in one room. They may be happy. He ain't doing it. She's doing it. <laughs> 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 or the child. A child. Whatever it is. They may be content. But from your perspective, you may think they're not content because your status is different. Yeah. You can't portray your desires on them. Yeah, their desires are such. And they are in the right predicament, right environment, right situation to exhaust their own desires, whatever they may be. You are put in a particular environment that's most conducive to exhaust your desires. <laughs> no, but I cannot, I cannot <laughs> believe, I'm sorry, but I cannot believe a parent of any child would not want to to wish for their child 
education. Okay, mm -hmm. so maybe not maybe not riches, but even an education. Okay, every parent would want education for their child. Right, even that's not possible in some countries because it has to be paid for, and you can't afford it. Right, so. That desire, I know it's about cause and effect, so actually are we saying that regardless of your desire, okay, you have to reap what you sow? Yeah, Is that what we're saying? That's what we're saying. You, that's, that's a given. You are a product of your past fastness and your actions. But a parent might have that not as a desire, but as an obligation. Mine's my child, mine, but I'm trying to fulfill an obligation of educating them, but they may not have it, not desire. So it may not be a desire, maybe an obligation, and that's what they're contending with is that I haven't been able to fulfill my obligation. The child may grow up and then become an apprentice and multi-millionaire later. Cause and effect. Everyone has to deal with their cause and effect. We can't, we can't look at our situation and think that other person's situation is really bad. They may look at you and think, how do they live in a five-bedroom house, only one person living on their own? Must be so miserable their life. I'm happy in this room. Five of us sleeping in one room. It's so lovely here. This guy is crazy living in so one. So the two go hand in hand then. What is? Vasanas plus your cause and effect. Absolutely. That's it's the same thing. Vasanas is a, is a result of your cause and effect. Your actions. You put, you put a negative cause in now, you will feel the effect later. It's in your hands. You're responsible for your misery, you're responsible for your happiness. No one else. Can't blame the Labour government or Brexit or whatever. Just think about yourself, what action you're putting in now. Is it going to take me to that higher state? If it is, do it. If not, leave it. One's vasanas lie dormant as one's impending nature, future nature. The state of deep sleep. It's there. You don't know what vasanas you're going to have next year. Fasteners manifest first the thoughts in one's intellect. This is based on one's present vasanas that are being entertained by the intellect. Thereafter, in the second stage, vasanas express as desires in one's mind, based on the nature of one's current vasanas and thoughts. Therefore, the chronology of action is vasanas, thoughts, desires, action. Whatever vasanas you will you have will manifest as thoughts in the intellect and desires in the mind. Your friend tells you about a new, res new restaurant that has opened up locally. They make the best steak. You are vegetarian. Are you going to have a vasana for it? Are you going to have a vasana for it? No. No, no vasanas. Why? It's such a wicked restaurant. Your friend says, the best steak I've had. Best steak I've had. Yeah. No vasana, right? No desire, no thought, no desire. No reaction within. Correct? 
Another friend tells you about a new veg restaurant who sells the best dosas she he has ever tasted. You like dosas. There's a reaction, isn't there? Look at the reaction, I just mentioned it. Best dosas, I must try it. I wish. Really? Really? The best dosas? I must try it. So that thought comes in the intellect. You read the reviews, all good, and you tell your partner who also likes dosas. It becomes a desire. I must try it. So, because you have a vasana for it, there's a reaction. If there was no vasana for it, no reaction. So you have a vasana for it, so there's a reaction. Therefore, that idea comes in your intellect. A thought. I like dosas. The best dosas. I should try it. Read the reviews. Brilliant. Best I've tasted. Now it turns into a desire. You ring the restaurant. Get a booking. I must try it. You found the restaurant. Booking for Friday. Then you go and experience the dosas. So that's your desire for food. So that's not the cost. I haven't finished. Oh, sorry. <laughs> You'll be disappointed. <laughs> There was the best dosa. You come home, you go on about how great the food was. You tell your friends. You keep savouring the taste of the chutney. It was so good. What happens then? <laughs> Next Friday we must go again. <laughs> it has to be fulfilled again. This is how vastness function. See the cause and effect. That lingering thought on that desire. But you're right, Sushamati. That desire is kicked over. Only if you don't linger on that experience. That's the difference. If you linger on the experience, then it becomes another desire again. If you don't linger on it, yep, that's great. Let me go under my duty, but whatever. Next. Then you're not creating another desire for the same experience again. You may subsequently go again, that's not you, but you're not craving for it. That's the difference. And that's how they say you should end experience. As the time limits, so you've done that. So yes. It's in that box. Oh, wait, yeah, then you're Mentally, you dissociate. Yeah, that was great. Good experience, good night out. That lingering creates that desire again. Yeah, but then you might want to try another one. Then you might think, oh, I must find another place. So the lingering is still there, you see? End experience with experience. That's what it's saying. Don't linger on it. We went on Fridays and those mushrooms are horrible. So still lingering, but I know again for mushrooms. Try the stuff instead. This is how vastness function. Yeah, you know, they have this Star Wars episode one, episode two. How many is that? Seven, nine, eight. Because people, oh, that was great. Number three was so great. I can't wait for number four. That's how, that's how it happens. 
you may still go in C4, but if you stop that lingering, that thought flow to, uh, to the next one that's coming out, then you're ag not agitated, you can focus on your work, and the mind is not craving for it. This is what creates the des desires, fervor vasanas. That craving creates the fervor vasanas. You are the product of your vasanas. I'm going to try and finish this topic. A little bit left. Vasanas are a constant flow of thoughts, desires, and actions. When your vasanas are exhausted, there are no more thoughts, no more desires, no more actions. This state is called self realization. People have wrongly designated this state to mean abstinence from action. They abstain from material and sensual life, even though they have vasanas for them. This restraint leads one to frustration and sublimation of one's personality. So you can't just go in a cave and think, you know, I want to reach that state, so therefore I'll take myself away from everything. Those thoughts are still there. They're going to agitate you because you have vasanas for it. Can't take take yourself away from it, and think it'll get rid you'll get rid of it. It'll frustrate you. This is what they're saying. As long as you have vasanas, you can't curb them. Especially in the material world, you become frustrated. You can only change them with knowledge of the higher. Example: You have a vasana for unhealthy food. You can only change that by taking up a high ideal of becoming fit, and knowledge on healthy eating. So you got to take up something higher if you want to get rid of a, a vasana. That's bad. Similarly, your vasanas for material objects. This can only be overcome by higher knowledge on the meaning of life, reaching the state of self-realization. Will this buying this take me there? No. Then you, you may change your actions, you may start studying, go to an ashram, learn to me meditate. This then overcomes craving for material objects. Your goal is different now. So higher knowledge, high, taking up something higher, removes those lower desires. The actions now go towards a different direction. When you've when you eliminated all your vasanas, you've reached that state of self-realization. State of vasanalessness, thoughtlessness, desirelessness, or actionless. So people have got the wrong idea. They've taken it to mean not performing action. So they leave their environment, join a monastery or ashram. They stop themselves forcibly from sensual material life, even though they have vasanas for these things. So the mind is still thinking of those things. But you're in, a, in an environment where you can't exhaust that. So you get frustrated. This does not work. They become frustrated, end up suppressing their personality rather than sublimation of their personality. Swami Tapavan says, even if you entertain the thought without acting, it will lead to samsara, lead to attachment. Just the fact that you're thinking about it. You may not act on it. So you may think about it, or you may act. There's not much difference in saying. This is from his perspective. He is at a high state. We can't understand that, but he's just giving us that example. 
to get to the state where even the thought doesn't come up for that. <laughs> even if you entertain the thought. So you can take yourself away and put yourself in an ashram, but you're always thinking of these things. There's no point. It leads you to frustration. Knowledge of Vedanta helps one to eradicate one's vasanas. Vasanas are the barrier to self-realization, a human's goal in life. We'll stop there. Now, I suggest 